You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hello, welcome to Catholic Saints. My name is Mary McGeehan, and I am joined with Dr. Elizabeth Klein. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. We're here for another episode of Catholic Saints. Can't get enough. So many saints keep coming. So we keep having more episodes about the wonderful lives of the various saints uh, that we can look to and learn from. So today's episode, we are going to learn about St. Andre Bissett. Yeah. So Andre Bissett, if you guys listen regularly, watch regularly, you know that most of the saints I do are patristic saints, early church <laughs> saints. Sometimes I do medieval saints. So this is a modern saint. So this is a little out of my I, normal. I forced her. I was like, we need a modern saint. Yeah, Come this on, is Dr. a little out of my, but I do make exceptions for Canadian saints because I'm Canadian. <laughs> so I have done a couple uh, Canadian saints. And actually, Andre Bissette, uh, I feel like he's, you know, how sometimes people say like Saint Stocky or whatever. Sometimes yes. I feel like yes. I've had a couple encounters with Andre Bissette that I wouldn't have expected. So I, if you will indulge a little personal anecdote, I was visiting yes. a friend uh, in Montreal before I was Catholic. He wasn't Catholic either. And he had like some bike like tour planned. Of course, like I'm terrible at biking. I'm an academic. What am I even doing? So he like <laughs> borrowed this like street bike from somebody. And as soon as I got on it, I didn't know where the brakes were. And I like smashed the bike. And so we couldn't go on the bike tour. And I was like, well, I'd really rather go to St. Joseph's Oratory anyway. So we took the bike to the bike shop. And then we went to St. Joseph's Oratory, which is uh, the beautiful church in Montreal that Andre Bissette um, raise money for and ultimately help build. Okay. Uh, and while we were there, I never heard of Andre Bissette, but while we were yeah. there, his relics are there, including like fragments of his heart. Um, and so we had a really interesting conversation about like relics and like, uh, you know, religious objects and things. And of course I became Catholic and actually this friend of mine is now like an Orthodox monk. So, oh, you neat. know, this is kind of like <laughs> Andre Bissette uh, was there. And then right after I got to Notre Dame was right after Andre Bissette's canonization. Okay. And um, Andre Bissett is a Holy Cross brother, and Holy Cross is the order that runs Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, yes. And so there was all kinds of stuff about him and the Basilica. And so I feel like he's like kind of like cropped up a couple times. So yes. happy to talk about Andre he's Bissett. He's been leading you along the path yes. and following you. Yes, as you exactly. Go. Cana Very Canadian cool. Canadian saints. So I'm assuming he is also from Montreal to start. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he's from Montreal, uh, Quebec. So for those of you who don't know, that's a, the French speaking province uh, of Canada that's close to the East Coast of the United States. Okay. Thank you for Yes. <laughs> So it's not it's not like too far from like I don't know I don't know the American states that well Maine yes Massachusetts yeah. it's up it's north like, it's, yeah it's, it's close to those uh, so Andre Bissette is as I said a modern saint so his dates are uh, 1845 to 1927 uh, so yeah really just died about a hundred years ago um, do you know well actually I I wrote it down he was canonized in 2010 yes so decently recent yeah so I think he was beatified in the 70s. Uh, and then, but then not, yeah, not canonized until 2010 by Benedict the 16th. So okay. it's, a fair, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like while I was researching, I knew a little bit about him, but like, I mean, really in his own life, he was like insanely famous. And so <laughs> it's interesting that this is like, what about a hundred years ago? It's not actually that far away. And yet, yeah. like, I don't think that a lot of people necessarily know. It's true. It's sort of been my like great grandmother would have potentially known yes. his name. Yeah. And so he's actually the first... Canadian national to be canonized because Canada didn't become a country until 1867. Okay. So there are ob obviously other French Canadian saints, but not technically when Canada was a country. <laughs> so he's kind of the, the first, yeah, canonized Canadian, which is kind of funny to think that was like 2010. But <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, Wonderful. so he, so Andre Bissette really is famous for being a miracle worker. 
that that's what he's famous. So I read for to prepare for this. I read this like adorable book from 1922 before he died, hmm. called uh, The Miracle Worker of Mount Royal. So it was like really interesting. This was mostly because I didn't actually order a modern book in time. But I'm actually really yeah. glad <laughs> that I read this book while he was still alive because just like in and of itself was kind of like a historical yes a encapsulation gem. a gem. Uh, and so it, it was really really interesting to read about. So just give hmm. a few. There's not a lot. Um, about like his life. I mean, there is about his life, but it's mostly focused on his miracles, which in of itself is interesting, but we'll come, we'll come back to that. So mm -hmm. a little bit on his biography. So he was one of 12 children, okay. uh, but he was orphaned at the age of nine. His father died uh, in a work accident and his mother died of tuberculosis. Mm. Uh, so this is, I feel like I was saying to Mary beforehand, this feels like all the, like the Quebec states, like they're all really poor. They have like these huge <laughs> families and just like, wow, like all this suffering, but all this holiness at the same oh, time. It's so kind sad. of amazing. You have nothing to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But he was we taken in by an, uh, an aunt and uncle. Okay. Um, but because of, you know, these circumstances, he mostly mm. worked as a young man. He hardly had any education. Uh, I don't think he was totally illiterate, but I don't think he could read very well. Um, so he he didn't he didn't leave any writings. So there's not a lot about necessarily okay. like his interior life and spirituality. There's a little bit, but yes, uh, but that's kind of not um, not what he's known for. So when he was still uh, young in his I think his twenties, early twenties, uh, the pastor of his parish recommended him to the Holy Cross Brothers and recognized he kind of had a saintly character. Mm -hmm. uh, and he reportedly wrote, "I'm sending to you, I'm sending uh, you a saint." So oh, recognizing this young man, uh, holiness, and he he joined the order, uh, taking final vows two years later. Um, because of, he was uneducated and didn't really have yes. a strong background, he really just was a simple person. He was a porter, so he washed the door, he did laundry, he cut hair. Um, he was just one of the sort of lowly cut pears? helping brother. Cut hair. Oh, cut hair. Cut hair, not pears. <laughs> I mean, maybe he cut pears too. I'm sure he helped in the kitchen, but. <laughs> Hair. Yes, um, and so the Holy Cross Brothers ran a college for boys. And so that's where he was helping okay. uh, in Montreal. Yes. He joked that when he first arrived, his superiors showed him the door and he never left. Oh, so. interesting. And I'm sorry, you said he entered pretty young? Yeah, or in, in his, his 20s. In his yep. 20s. Okay. Uh, and he lived till he was 91. So Okay. So he lived till... A long and, and simple, uh, simple life. So, how did he get famous? Then, <laughs> this is a question. was he always a brother? Did he ever become a yeah, priest? He never became a priest. He was okay. just a brother. Yeah, okay. brother Andre. Um, brother Andre. Yeah, that's how he's known, brother Andre. Uh, so he had a great devotion to Saint Joseph, hmm. uh, which he was famous for, uh, and he would uh, pray for people who were ill, and he would often give them some of the oil from the Saint Joseph's Chapel. And this is just a very simple, pious act, but apparently this started to work miraculous healings. Hmm. Uh, and so even though he was just the porter at this boys' school uh, and just sort of prayed for people who came to him, the news spread far and wide that he was a holy man and a miracle worker. And so, so many visitors started to inundate the college that he could no longer stay there. So they had to find a different place for him to, to meet people. Uh, and so he advocated for the building of a chapel to St. Joseph on the side of Mount Royal. Um, so this started as a small chapel, eventually raised the money to build St. Joseph's Oratory. I don't know if anyone out there has been to St. Joseph's Oratory. It's incredibly beautiful. It's like an incredible pilgrimage Yeah, site. it's right up. It, it is, yeah, and it's still a regular pilgrimage site. There's pilgrim stairs all the way up the side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's very picturesque. It's a beautiful church, and St. Andre's there uh, in the crypt. And so he was uh, then at the Oratory for 10 years where he would read thousands, or not read them, have thousands of letters read to him, uh, pray for people, okay. uh, send medals and oil, and became uh, famous famous for the healing miracles. Yes. The, the little book I read said uh, during his 10 years at the oratory, they would receive 250 to 300 uh, favors 
received. Uh, it sounds like lords almost. Yeah, like yeah. So they estimated something like 30,000 people. Wow. Okay, so to recap, he served as, he entered as a brother, or he became a brother of the Holy Cross yeah. congregation. He was serving as a porter at this all-boys college mm-hmm. school, and he had a strong devotion to St. Joseph. Where did he get this oil? What did Do we know what the oil I think was? It, yeah, I think it was just like blessed oil from their chapel. Okay. I don't think it was like, okay. and he would give people medals. Okay. He would greet people at the door, and something, I guess, about him and his presence to receive uh, started to calm, and he would bless them with the oil. I'm trying to understand uh he would just where it all yeah, came from. Pray but, for them, bless them yeah, with the oil, give them a medal, them. welcome them. That's it. And yeah, miracles no. started to be attributed to to him. Oil. I mean, he always, of course, said that the miracles were worked by Saint Joseph. Yes. Okay. Um, but he was, like I said, this little book is called like the Miracle Man of mm-hmm. Mount Royal. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, that's what he became known for. I can't, unfortunately, it's so like cool. a really bad picture. Oh, I can't show it like on screen because it's so bad. But in this little book from the 20s, there's this amazing picture from the oratory of just like these bins and bins and bins full of crutches and canes that people left after their healings, which is like, I don't know. I was just blown away by this. I was blown away by researching this because (laughs) so often, I don't know, we just don't actually believe in miracles and we don't think they happen. Or maybe Hmm. we heard about like one that happened one time to somebody and maybe it happened and maybe it didn't or like that was cool. No, agree. You know, but like how could it be that 30,000 healing miracles were worked on this continent less than 100 years ago, and I didn't know about it. That's a really good point. It's <laughs> like, true. It's shocking. This seems so wild yes. that, like, there was that many that healings. And, mm-hmm. I mean, this this little book is, like, it's like the medieval lives that I read. It's just, like, miracle story after miracle story after miracle story after miracle story. And mm. when you re- sometimes when you read those old lives, you think, like, oh, Back those then, ancient or, people, yes. like, they kind of believed anything or they, like – made stuff up. Exactly. Um, but this is very modern and yes. it has like the names of people. It has it's doctor's true. reports. It yes. has, you know, it's it's really fascinating. I agree. I, it is shocking. And in the picture that Dr. Klein is mentioning, there's tons of crutches that people leave behind. Uh, so I'm assuming tons of physical, physical healings as well. Yeah. Um, I think they're almost all physical healings. That is almost okay. all the stories. Yeah. Okay. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm not sure if like the 30,000 are all physical healings, but that's all the stories anyway that were in the yes. book. They were all yeah. physical healings. Do you have any hunch why he had such a strong devotion to St. Joseph? I think it was just, yeah, I think it was just simple piety. I think yep. it was just simple French piety. He's our father. And yeah, so there's a beautiful statue at St. Joseph's Oratory of statue that says, Itea uh, Joseph, come to Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. For for me, this saint is very inspiring because it's just so tempting in human life to like look for God in politicians, in bishops, in hierarchy, in systems, and we think, oh, if only the laws were different, if only the leader were different, if only they would make a better bureaucracy, like the church would be in better shape. And I'm not saying that those things aren't true or that like it isn't important to have holy bishops, but hmm. how often does God works powerfully in the least. You know, it's it's like and yet really we don't expect it. We don't no. look for it. We don't we don't expect God to change his church through saints. But that's always what he does. It's always through the saints. And it's often mm. through crazy people like St. Francis or yes. St. Simeon who I did earlier or it's through people of no value in the eyes of the world. I mean, here is a man who had not even enough education to be a priest mm-hmm. who had no parents. No parents. No, no wealth to his name, I'm no, sure. Nothing outstanding other than his 
piety hmm. and his love of God. And we think we can't make a difference in the church or that doesn't matter. Or we're so frustrated because of X, Y, or Z circumstance in the church that we can't control. But over and over and over again, God shows us like, love me and I will bless you. You know, like yeah. if we have the love of God and we pray, that's how the church has changed. And it's always renewed by his saints. Rarely is it renewed by an administrator. I mean, you have like, like Gregory the Great, Saint, great administrator. So yeah, there are exceptions. Hmm. It's wonderful to have saintly administrators, but that's not usually how it works. That is a really good reminder. It's usually through the lowly that the church is renewed. And it just seems to me that like Andre Bissett is such a perfect example of this. And he really reminded people at a time, you know, I think in, there has been periods, many periods in the Catholic church where God can seem like a kind of sovereign judge. You can seem distant mm -hmm. or maybe, maybe even scary. And so people kind of like go to Mary because she's like easier or something. And you can get a kind of false sense of who God is. Hmm. Um, and Andre really emphasized that God is so close to us. And how powerful is it? Like healing miracles are very powerful. Jesus did healing miracles to show the love of God and show yes. how God is so close. So I had yes. a couple of quotes um, from Andre about this. He says, when you say to God, our father, he has his ear right next to your lips. There is so little distance between heaven and earth that God always hears us. Nothing but a thin veil separates us from God. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. And it's just like... That proximity of God's presence. Right. And mm -hmm. and how ultimately that proximity was shown through Brother Andre, through his, his simple faith and piety and God worked mm -hmm. through him. It's so amazing that God works through his saints uh, because it shows us how much he loves us and wants to include us in his plan and show his goodness to us, um, not in an abstract way, but in this like very concrete way, very yeah. concrete of thousands of people experiencing he healing through the love of a simple brother. It's just such an inspiring story. I agree. Thank you. That note is beautiful. Even just that reminder that God still gives us miracles today and how the more simple we can be, um, you know, this, if we have the faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move a mountain. Uh, do we really believe that to be true? Or do we really believe God in that proximity, his desire to be so close to us, wants to demonstrate his great love um, through healing and miracles? Um, and I was thinking of Mother Teresa as well as another, another saint of just great simplicity, little education, but would just receive and welcome people as they were, yeah. as they, you know, she showed up. And um, great love and how famous she became and how she changed yes, the world through correct. loving the poor. The simplest action right? as well. Yes. Right. And this is the same poor little brother Andre just loving yes. poor little French boys and those around him mm -hmm. and became sort of a worldwide sensation. A lot of the miracle stories too, um, they interestingly emphasize the Protestants who came to brother Andre uh, hmm. for healing too. So that's a kind of interesting I don't know, fact, of course, all of us aren't going to just like conjure up miracle working as like, oh, it's to the truth <laughs> of the faith or something. But at the same time, it's it's ultimately like the love of God, which draws people. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And arguments are good. I'm a theologian. I like to have arguments. But it's ultimately charity and the love of God and our piety and prayer. That's like the strongest witness. No, that's a really good point. And just that hunger of if when you meet someone who is exemplifying this presence of God, I mean, over 30,000 people you know, came to him. And I'm sure there's even more. Those were just the miracles associated yeah. with him flocking to that church that he, they actually had to send him to a bigger church for them to come. Uh, people hunger that presence of God. And I was just, just going to mention when you, you know, look up at 
image of Brother Andre because he's a modern day, modern day saint. You can see pictures and photographs of him. Just he looks so kind, <laughs> like the kindness of his face. I was like, I would go visit yeah. him and talk to him. And especially because a lot of them are like, oh, when he's elderly too, because yes. he lives till he's ninety one, which is like really beautiful. It's like and the word got out old, then. Of old, his yeah, all word definitely got out. Yeah, <laughs> just like a gentle soul. Uh, as so well. I thought maybe I would just uh, end with just like one of the miracle stories oh, that I read about. So this one uh, was actually the last one in the story so that they uh, in the little book I read. So they said it was impossible to not tell this one. So this one was of a little girl um, in Montreal who was at a convent school uh, and her eye was crushed by an oar. So obviously some like... Hmm paddling games of the, the other it, convent yes. girls. They got a little, little rowdy and out of hand. <laughs> and her, her right eye was crushed. And this one is interesting mm -hmm. because she her eye was examined by two different doctors. So it has the account of both of the doctor's reports from when the accident happened. They both said it was completely incurable. Um, they tried treatments, but they said it was fruitless and that her optic nerve had been damaged and there was like no way she was going to recover. So they send to the oratory and they send him back the oil and the metal. Uh, and then they're praying a novena for her and placing the metal on her eye every day for nine days. Uh, and on the ninth day during mass, she is able to see the statue of St. Joseph in oh. their chapel and cries out, I can see uh, in the middle of mass. And then they have the doctor's reports from after uh, where they say that her sight has been restored equivalent to to the other eye. That's incredible. And I thought this story was really beautiful because sometimes like miracle stories, I don't know, it's just like the facts of them. It's like, oh, this person was sick and then they came and they were healed and they're so amazing. But this one provides enough detail that you can like kind of like recreate the psychology of that. I mean, the poor sisters probably felt terrible because she was injured in this like such a grievous way on their watch in their own property. Mm -hmm. Some other poor girl in the common school is probably the one who did it. Uh, and she like can't do her studies. She's in pain. She can't see. Mm -hmm. uh, Completely alters her life at such a young age as and, well. And then to have this like communal experience of praying for her mm -hmm. and having her recovery like witnessed to, to so many like right in the middle of mass. It's just like very, it's very moving. Uh, and it's like inspiring for all of us, you know, to pray with confidence for the great things God can do. Amen. Thank you. That is beautiful. So I guess to sum up, how would you summarize Blessed Andre, St. Andre, <laughs> so the way he exemplified uh, the life of Christ? I'd say, yeah, God can do the greatest things to the least. And our Lord chose to become poor and be among the poor. Uh, and so we also have to have that same poverty and that same love. And humility. Great faith of God's goodness and greatness today. Well, thank you. That was a beautiful reflection on St. Andre Bissette. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Oh, okay. That's it. Uh, you can check out uh, some of those images and miracle stories. You mentioned the book was The, the, miracle. the miracle Man in Montreal. It's it's out of copyright, so I'm pretty sure you can find it online. Online as well. Great. So if you'd like to learn more, um, please do. Thank you so much for this reflection, and thank you for joining. We'll see you next time. Thank you for being a dedicated listener to the Catholic Saints podcast. Your support truly uplifts us. For those seeking additional thought-provoking content, go to formed.org. It's a platform brimming with resources, including insightful videos that align seamlessly with our podcast's themes. If you're finding value in our podcast, please consider taking a moment to leave us a review. Your feedback serves as a cornerstone for our growth and outreach.